You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are on our week six of our series entitled Word View. And we are studying about the Bible. We're studying about Scripture. How many of you are getting more and more in love with the Word of God? Please raise your hand. You're learning something about the Word of God. Great. So encouraging to see uh, you, know, you are constantly uh, just taking the stride to, to learn and to study the Word of God. Speaking of studying the Word of God, we have a special equipping uh, seminar. I know that as you, uh, as you talk about the, you know, the preaching of the Word, we only have about maybe 35, 40 minutes every time we come here. Uh, to talk about the Word, but this coming uh, February 27, we will have a two-hour teaching on how to study the Bible. Okay, So just in case you are interested in learning more about the inerrancy of Scripture, the infallibility of the Word of God, uh, you know something about the doctrine of God's Word, the inspiration, and so on and so forth, we would like to invite you to join us right here in this venue Feb 7, uh, 27, Tuesday from 7 o'clock to 9 p.m. Okay, so uh, that's uh, f- available for all of you, okay? Uh, just in case you want to invite other friends as well, so let them come and uh, let's all study the Word of God uh, together, all right? Okay, so as uh, so we have been talking about in the past few weeks, we know that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. In uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, all Scripture is breathed out by God. Everybody say, breathed out. Can you just breathe out right now and say, ah. Everybody breathe in. Breathe out. Ah. Breathe in. Hold. Until, uh, six. Oh, no, no, no. Breathe out. How many of you have tried talking while breathing in? Have you done that? I haven't even tried that. But you normally speak and you know you talk while breathing out. And the Bible says the scripture is breathed out by God. Every word uh, that is spoken in the word of God has been you know, spoken by God himself. In the same way that he has spoken, let there be light, and then there was light. You know, the same power, the same inspiration, the same anointing is found in the word of God. It is not an empty uh, writing on a book or a you know a page on your paper, but it is very much alive and is able to transform a human life. So it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God and even the woman of God may be complete. Everybody say complete. Say I am complete. Okay, and you are equipped for every. Good work. Okay, so in here we can see that the, the Word of God is inspired. Everybody say inspired. It comes from God Himself. This very uh, Word that we have, uh, you, you know, the, the Bible on your lap or you know, the written Word in your cell phone. Believe it or not, it may be a digital device, but that is actually inspired uh, Word of God. It took about 1,500 years uh, in different... Um, uh, eras, 40 authors from three continents. God chose these authors, human beings, 
But they, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, they were inspired by God to write the very words of God. The Word of God is inspired. God's Word is also infallible. It means that the Word of God is trustworthy. The Word of God is reliable. The Word of God is bankable. You can put your faith and your trust in the Word of God. When God gives a promise, how many of you know that God will be faithful to fulfill that promise? Amen. That is the bankability of the Word of God. When we see something about the Word of God, it is sure to happen. It's kind of like gravity. How many of you have tried to go against gravity? You think you're Superman, but you're not, right? You want to fly, but you're going to be going down. That's the essence of gravity, okay? Uh, it's, it's sure. It's, it's, it's going to happen. That's the Word of God. It's inerrant. It's not bound to make any mistake. It's error-free. That's the Word of God. There's no error that will fa- be found in the Scriptures. Last week, we talked about the canonicity of the Bible or the Scripture. How many of you learned something last week about the canonicity of the Bible? How many books are there again in the Bible? 66 books. Everybody say 66 books. How many books are there in the Old Testament again? 39. How many in the New Testament? 27. Very good class. subtract, okay? And, you know, God Himself, the author, was the one in charge of making sure that those books exactly are the ones that should be part of the Bible or the canon, as we put it. Today, we're going to be looking at the sufficiency of Scripture. That the Word of God is enough for me. We've been seeing that song, Christ is enough for me. How many of you know that Jesus is Logos? He is Word becoming flesh. The Word of God is sufficient for all of us. And why don't we go straight to reading the Word. If you have a Bible or a digital device, why don't you open to the book of Psalm. We're going to be reading 11 verses. Psalm chapter 19 beginning from verse 1. You see that on top of your Bible, it says, To the choir master, a psalm of David. David is the one who penned and who wrote this psalm through the Holy Spirit. Verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them, He has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for giving this scripture, the Bible, as the inspired word coming from you. 
I pray, Lord, that we will uh, be even more dedicated uh, and passionate and devoted to reading the Scripture, God. I thank you that it will find its impact and transforming power from our hearts into our personal lives. So, Lord, bless your people today. I pray, God, that you would impart faith to all of us to believe everything that is written in your Word. Indeed, indeed, everything is found in your Word because the Word is sufficient in all life and godliness. This we ask, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Now, how many of you are convinced that everything that you need in life is found in the Word of God? Yes. Okay. Some of you are waiting. That might be a catch or that might be a parang may trick question. Okay. Uh, you know, definitely when you talk about the Word of God, it can address everything in life and godliness. You know, when you go to a doctor and you're sick, you're feeling sick, you normally ask two questions. What's wrong with me and how do I get well? Right? So you want to find the source. If you have a fever, you want to find the source. What is causing that fever? You want to go to the root of the problem. And the Word of God, guess what? Answers the root problem of man, which is what? Sin. S-I-N-E. How many of you have sinned at least once in your life? Please raise your hand. If you're not raising up your hand, you just, you're just doing right now, okay? So anyway, you're lying, okay? How many of you have sinned once in your life? All of us, right? We're all sinners. That is the basic problem of man. The problem with man is the heart. That's why Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4, Above all else, guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. But because our heart is sinful, even Jeremiah talks about that the heart is wicked. You know, and it's beyond cure. That's why everything that we do many times are from that particular perspective of us sinning. We're intrinsically selfish. We are wicked to the core, so to speak. But I praise God that because of the Word of God, God has a, you know, it has a transforming power in our human soul. Amen. That we are not left the same, that you and I are made to become new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. How many of you can actually say that the new has come in your life? Look at the person beside you and tell that person, Iba ka na. Sabi sa kanya, nagbago ka na. Okay? Especially if that's your husband or your wife, sabi sa kanya, magbago ka na. Okay? It is sufficient. It addresses the issue of sin. It addresses the issue of the human heart. But of course, if I would ask, is the Bible the answer to all of human problems? Maybe some of you are going to say, I don't know. The Bible may not, for example, if your problem is a new job, you cannot give your Bible to the HR and say, can I have a new job? You know, Maybe that does not work. But the way it works is if the Bible would find its way in your heart and it changes you from the inside out and you become a better employee and glorify God in your workplace. Amen. That's why it is the answer to everything we need. It has something to say about finances. has something to say about the way you raise up your children. It has something to say about relationships. It has something to say about doing business, treating your husband or your wife, and so on and so forth. It has something to say in national government. It has something to say even about the universe that we live in. Everything that we actually need is found in the Word of God. Wayne Grudem, in his uh, book, Systematic Theology, has said this, and he defined the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture. 
that says it means that Scripture contained all. Everybody say all. All the words of God He intended His people to have at each stage of redemptive history. And that it now contains everything. Everybody say everything. Everything we need God to tell us for salvation, for trusting Him perfectly, and for obeying Him perfectly. So the sufficiency that God is talking about here deals with us, our salvation, our redemption, our sanctification, that God is doing His work of transforming us more and more into the image of Christ and future glorification. That everything that you and I need to obey God and glorify Him is is found in the Scripture. You know, there's no book like the Bible. Different religions have their own different codes or books, you know, but yet they cannot match at the infallibility and the inerrancy and the authority of the Word of God. You may actually go to different libraries and you can go to bookstores and buy yourself self-help books, but no self-help book can compete with the completeness of the Bible and its power to transform a human life. The Bible has the ability to address anxiety and fear. How many of you sometimes, feel, you feel anxious sometimes. Parang pagising mo sa umaga, you worry too much. Maganda ba ako? Parang ganun, okay? I mean, you worry about too much. May people go, hi! End of the world. For the young people. For, all of, for the old ones, eh, part of life. Or you see a wrinkle. Oh, hindi pantay kilay mo, no! You worry too much. You'll wake up, you know, with a feeling of a lump on your side. And you're now thinking, ano kaya to? Cancer kaya to? Mamatay na kaya ko? Because can you imagine, nagkaroon ka lang ng bukol, baka naman naumpog ka lang or something, and yet you're feeling all this fear. And then you try to read books, you know, how to not be anxious. Guess what? It's all found in the Word of God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, present your request to the Lord. Perfect love casts out all fear. He is the healer that we have. By His stripes, we are healed. So on and so forth. It addresses anxiety. It addresses fear. It addresses lack. Guess what? I know that there are a lot of books out there talking about how to become a millionaire, how to you know, uh, save, but guess what? There is so much truth found in the Word of God when it comes to finances. It is complete. It is sufficient for us. Let's look at the verses that we have just read. The heavens declare the glory of God. You know, uh, you're probably wondering when we were reading this, uh, this text in chapter 19, you know, somehow you notice there's a different theme for the first six verses. And then 7 to 11, it became different. But somehow, you know, there are some people that are saying that this should be two psalms. Because David is talking about two different things. But the reality is, if you look at it closely, David is only talking about one unified theme. And that is to declare the glory of God. The first six verses talk about the glory of God in creation. The glory of God in the world. 7 to 11, the next verses talk about the glory of God in His Word. The written Word of God. The first six verses talks about the unwritten creation, glory of God. The words, you know, there's no words there to describe. It's a creation that's speaking about the handiwork 
of this God that we are serving and, and worshiping. It says, And the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Verse 2, Day to day, everybody say day to day, day to day pours out speech. It's as if Monday is telling Tuesday, guess what? Glorify God. Day to day. From the rising of the sun to its setting, to the rising of the moon, if the moon, the moon does not rise, right? To the, to the moon going out at night, it's pouring out speech about the glory of God. How many of you have seen that red, blue, super moon, something like that, okay? Some of you did that Instagram as if you have a nice, you know, it's like that particular hour, all I saw in Instagram was like the picture of the moon. <laughs> but we're fascinated about this phenomena. It's because there is somebody who created that. In verse 3, it says, There's no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. The creation is not literally talking, but it is glorifying the Lord in all its magnificence and its beauty. You know, try traveling around the Philippines and going out. You will see how many of you are going to be convinced that God is indeed the one who created the beautiful things all around us. The beaches, the mountains, the valleys, you know, the, the snowflake, everything in all this world, there must be a designer. There must be a God that created all things in detail and the balance of the elements, the carbon dioxide, the hydrogen and the oxygen and so on and so forth, the ability of us, for us to be able to breathe, you know, good air and exhale, the carbon dioxide, there is a designer. In verse uh, 5, it says, Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun. It's interesting that David, as he was writing this psalm, was actually highlighting one of the centerpiece in creation, which is the sun. Somehow that sun represents the glory, the magnificence, and the power of God. How many of you have actually seen and felt the power of the sun? Try going out on a summer day, ilang minutes palang sunog kana, Right? Barbecue and the thing. Which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber like a strong man. What a nice metaphor for a sun. A strong man that runs its course with joy. It's... Rising up on the east, going down on the west. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them. Somehow, the ancient writer David, King David, was writing about the sun having its course, as if it's moving. You know, the ancients believed that the earth was flat and that the sun is the one revolving around the earth. That if you go out there too far from the edge of the earth, you will fall off the universe. But then later on, they found out that the earth is not actually flat, but the earth is round and is a sphere. And the sun is not the one revolving around the earth. The earth is the one revolving around the sun. How many of you remember that subject that you have in science? What's the name of that subject? Biology? No, no, astronomy. Right? But we know that the earth is the one that revolves around the sun. 
Yet recently, they may have a discovery that yes, that is so true that the earth revolves around the sun, but that the sun is not a static heavenly body. That it is actually moving around the universe. How many of you have heard of that particular phenomenon? That it's moving around the universe at the speed of 500,000 miles per hour. And that it will circle the whole Milky Way galaxy in about 225 million years. Some of us, when I first found out about this scientific finding, I said, wow, how did David find out about the sun running its course? This powerful object is somehow encircling the galaxy at a speed of 500,000 miles per hour. Guess what? It is still consistent with the findings that the Earth and the other planets is revolving around the sun. As the sun is moving forward around the galaxy in a pinwheel motion, can you imagine the earth and the other planets are circling around the sun and none of them are getting out of orbit nor colliding against each other? Pastor Rain read a scripture earlier, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. He is before all things and in Him all things hold Together, How many of you know that God is an awesome God? Come on now. If God can hold the universe and everything that goes around in the universe with the power of His hand, how much more your life? We are too much concerned about so many things as if everything is breaking apart. God is in charge of your finances. God's in charge of your marriage. God's in charge of your health. God's in charge of everything that you are concerned about. Amen. All we need to do is to put our faith and our trust in the Lord. The father of modern apologetics, Dr. Walter Martin, said this. The Bible is called the Word of God because the whole transcript is an inspired, faithful, and infallible record of what God determined essential for us to know about Himself, the cosmos, or the universe in which we live. Can you imagine? The Bible contains everything there. Our spiritual allies and our adversaries and our fellow man. Everything is written there. In fact, the Bible is God's love letter to us human beings. The Bible is the only book where the author is so much in love with its readers. That's why my prayer is that we will be falling in love as well with the Word of God. Let's move on to the other verses. We focus on, you know, somehow the revelation of God through the general revelation of the creation. This is now the specific revelation through God's Word. There are six particular descriptions of the Scripture or the Bible that you will find in the next three verses. First description is, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. And in each description, you will see that the name of God has been used six times. The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the precept of the Lord, the command of the Lord. The name of the Lord is there to emphasize the authorship of the Lord. The Lord meaning Yahweh, the God who is creator. The law of the Lord is perfect. Ed Sheeran did not invent this word. It is found in the Bible. Perfect. 
from the Hebrew means whole. It means complete. It means sufficient. The law of the Lord is complete. It is whole. There's so much there that you can actually find. that If you just draw from the water of the streams from the Word of God, you will actually find refreshing for your soul. It says, reviving the soul. Another word for reviving is to refresh the soul, to transform the soul, to change the soul. There's no other document that can do that except the Word of God. Amen. That we are being transformed every single day as you read God's Word. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the more you read the Word of God, the more you engage with the Scripture every single day, the more you will have revival for your soul. Many times we seek revival for our soul in the wrong places. We think that our soul can be revived by going to the spa or by going to a movie or by watching, you know, by going for a vacation. Guess what? The soul can only be revived by the one who designed it. Amen. God knows exactly why our soul, our soul is empty. And He knows exactly what can fill in the gap of that soul. That's the reason why, you know, every time that we engage with the Scripture, wow, there's so much life in it. It is not just an empty page in the book. There is, you know, it's, the Bible says, the Word of God is living and active. It's a living organism there. Try it. If you haven't done it, I challenge you to read at least maybe five, ten minutes every single day and it will change and revolutionize your life. It will revive your soul. It will change the way you think. But sometimes the way we approach the Bible is, Ay, Leviticus. Grabe, hirap. Ay, chuchunod, numbers. Ay, ayoko ng numbers. Hindi ako mahilig sa math, eh. You know, sometimes we approach the Bible, you know, because we're kind of boring. The Bible is a boring book. Guess what? You have not actually experienced the power of this book. I've been a Christian for the past 30-something years. <laughs> Something. And I am just so grateful that from the early stages of my Christianity, someone taught me how to have a devotion, read the Bible, write down my thoughts and my revelation. We're going to teach that in a couple of weeks and how you can actually journey and really you know, uh, apply everything that you've read. After 30-something years, guess what? I am still so much in love with this word. Can't live home without it. Some people can't live home without their MasterCard, right? That's the ad of MasterCard. But don't leave home without the Word of God. You know, 10 minutes every single day will change your life. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to live in it and then you will be successful and prosperous in everything that you do. Many of us are just praying to be successful and prosperous, but we don't even want to have a time with the Word of God. Success and prosperity is a byproduct of our meditation and our obedience to the Word of God. Amen. Come on now. 
I know it's hard. Sometimes it takes a lot of discipline. But you know, as they say in the gym, no pain, no gain. Just have to wake up in the morning and just read it. Second part is the testimony of the Lord is sure. Sure na sure na ba yan? Sure. Making wise the simple. What's a testimony? Testimony is actually, you know, it reflects the character of who God is and, if, and His faithfulness for us as a people. That's His testimony. Sure means that His testimony is unwavering, it's immovable, it's unmistakable, it's worthy to be trusted. That is the testimony of the Lord. Now, when you talk about someone who's trusting the Word of God, guess what? That is sure foundation. If you're building your house, you want to make sure that that foundation is right and sure so that when the storms of life comes, that you will stand up even despite the strong winds. Fifteen years ago, we went through a very difficult storm in my family. We lost our second child, our, our only son with a sickness called TB meningitis. It was the Word of God that sustained us in that particular storm in our life. Had it not been for the Word of God, we'd probably have given up already. But as we were going through that, I was actually closing the, you know, uh, we were closing the, the blanket of my son. We finally gathered around at his bed. We were in the ICU. The first statements, of course, I cried out aloud before the Lord. I said, God, this is so painful. But yet the very first statement that I remember was the statement of Job. And I said these very words, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It was hard. It was difficult. And I could imagine, ako isa lang nawala sa akin. Job lost everything. Job lost his sons and daughters. He lost his business. He actually had you know, a sickness that is about to kill him. The only thing he did not lose was his wife who encouraged him to curse God and die. Lord, but ito pa mo? Mapagbiru din si Lord. Nagdagdag pa ng tinik as if to add insult to injury. But yet, in all this, the Bible says, Job chapter 2, Job did not sin before the Lord. And the outcome of his life, after all, it, you know, the end of his life, you, you see the book of Job, I think it's chapter 42, that he received double for all his trouble. God gave him even more beautiful children and even twice what he lost in his business. Now, the Bible was silent about his wife. Of course, God will not give him two wives. But yet, what we can see here in the life of Job is, God is faithful. Amen. That the Word of God was a sure foundation. In his agony and his anguish and his testings, he did not sin before the Lord. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise is simple. You know what does simple mean? You know, simple, it's not referring to a frugal lifestyle or, you know, ako simple lang gusto ko, you know. Because simple in modern day translation is a virtue, right? 
It's not extravagant or simple. But the Bible, when you talk about the Bible referring to a simple guy, it means that this is a guy, he's an open-minded guy. It means that he will believe anything you tell him. If you go to a simple guy, you know what? The earth is flat. Ha, talaga? Oh nga, no? That a simple guy. In other words, a simple guy is translated to be one who is stupid. Did that pastor actually say the word stupid? You'll find that in the Bible, by the way. He who hates correction is stupid. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1, I think. But yet, we see that even those who are slow in thinking, the Word of God can make them wise. Amen. How many of you would like to be wise? Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, read the Bible every day, brother. Read the Bible, sister. Got to read it. Where do you get your advice? Who do you listen to every day? Do you listen to the Word of God or do you listen to the world? God's Word is more than enough. Can we all read this statement out loud? One, two, three. God's Word is more than enough. Let's move on. Verse 8, it says, The precepts of the Lord are right. Wow, this is getting better. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect. And then the testimony of the Lord is sure. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. Precepts are actually principles to live by. And guess what? Everything that you find in the Bible, that is correct. That is right. It's a so, total distinction from the ways of the world, which is actually very crooked. The ways of the world are wrong. And sometimes you think that, you have to always go back to the Word of God and check it. And as you obey the Word of God, the Bible says, it brings us joy in our heart. What brings you joy? What puts a smile on your face? Think about it for a moment now. If I'm asking you right now, what will give you the ultimate joy? Right now, Pastor, dalian mo kasi gutom na ako. Yan ang makapagbigay sa akin ng joy. Aside from that, okay, aside from that, will more money in your account bring you joy by adding more zeros? Pwede. Dun sa dulo, hindi dun sa simula, okay? Kasi pag sisimula yung zero, wala rin yun, di ba? Kailangan dun sa dulo. Before the period. Okay? Is that gonna bring you joy? Is a new boyfriend, if you're a single girl, bring you joy? Will a girlfriend, if you're a single guy, bring you joy? I know that for all of us who are in the 80s, when we saw Gabby and Sharon in the commercial, it brought us so much joy. Ay! Sila uli! Parang ganoon, okay? But can the Word of God really bring us joy? Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 15, 16, Your words were found and I ate them. Can you imagine? Did they literally eat the Word of God? I don't know. It's a description. It's a metaphor. It says, And your words became to me a what? A joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Can we find joy in reading the Bible and not a bore? reading the Bible. The commandment of the Lord is what? Pure, enlightening the eyes. 
When you talk about pure, it means lucid. It means it's not confusing. It's, it's not puzzling. Yes, some of the things might be difficult to obey, but guess what? By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you will understand what the Word of God is. Because some people are saying, I don't want to read the Bible because it's so hard to understand. Have you tried doing it? Hindi pa nga nagsisimula eh. Mahirap na, pastor. Mahirap eh. Try it. You're gonna hear us time and time again. We'll always say this. Read the Bible. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Do what it says. It has the power to transform a human life. Enlightening the eyes. What do you see with your eyes? Many times we travel in darkness. You know, parang, you know, there's so much dark in this, you know, uncertain world. I don't know where to go. I don't know which way to turn. Guess what? The Word of God can help you brighten up your eyes. It enlightens our eyes. The Bible says that the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It lights up the path that you should be walking on. The Word brings clarity and order in the dark. The fear of the Lord is what? Clean. Enduring forever. When you talk about the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord means worship. It means reverence. It means awe. The awe before the Lord is clean. Makes you clean. It endures forever. We're called to worship Him. We enjoyed our time of worship earlier. The Bible says, you know, he who worships the Father must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The Word of God. We find our basis of worship from the Word of God. We worship at the audience of one. And that is Him. Worship time here, coming here to this facility, is not a time of performance, but it's a time of us adoring the one who made us and the one who was gracious to us. You know, the Word of God is timeless. It's applicable in all generations. In fact, the word is eternally relevant. You know, some people are saying, Pastor, you know, the Bible is actually antiquated already, you know. It's obsolete. It doesn't even consider the culture that we live in right now. You know, I want to be careful when I say this statement, you know. And some people are saying, it doesn't even talk about the relevancy that, you know, you can actually find your sexuality by how you feel. And your choice. And you know, I love people who are a little bit seeking or confused with their sexuality. But yet, when you go back to the Word of God, it is not antiquated. It is never obsolete, but it's eternally relevant. The very first book talks about that. That God made man and woman in accordance with His image. In the image of God, He made them. He fearfully and wonderfully made two genders, a man and a woman. And when you accept your sexuality on how God made you, you're actually reflecting the image of God. You are an image bearer of God. Everything about you reflects the image of God. 
That's why if God gives you that, accept it and say thank you. And I know and I realize that, yes, there might be a lot of different struggles. There might be, and there will be. But same is true with the other struggles of the heart. We will accept, we will love, and we will not try to change you. I will not change someone who is, you know, walking in a path of crookedness, whether it's a guy who's addicted to porn or a guy who's, you know, sexually immoral or a guy who's in the middle of adultery. It will not be us who will change that person. It'll be the Word of God. The law of the Lord is pure. The precepts of the Lord are right, reviving the soul. God is the one that revives and restores and transforms the human soul. I shared this in the earlier service. One of the uh, old members, a friend of mine by the name of Anthony, he now calls himself Anthony, used to be known as Tonette Macho in school Bukul. Got saved several years ago and he realized that God made him man and he embraced his masculinity. And guess what? If you ask him today, there might be still some struggle about that because it has been a pattern when he was still a young boy. But as he knew for a fact that God is the one who's changing his heart from the inside out, that God is changing his desires and that God is changing his mindset. And now you will find him no longer a woman trapped in a man's body. You will see him from time to time wearing a barong. But just admittedly he said, God made me a man and I thank God for making me such. It is not my story, but yet when you hear him testify, you'll be amazed about the work of God in a person on how God can transform one who used to be this into a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Amen? It is eternally relevant. The rules of the Lord are true. And they are righteous altogether. In other words, what this is just saying is, it has the ability to give us comprehensive righteousness. None of us are righteous, not even one, the Bible says, Romans chapter 3. But because of the word of God, he made me righteous through the blood of Jesus. He saved me. And he's continuing to make me a righteous person, not by my human will, but by the grace of God. We've been seeing that song earlier. It's by the grace of God. It's by the power of His Word. And He's the one who engages me and He's the one transforming me. And I believe that He's the one transforming you by the power of His Word. God's Word is more than enough. Amen. Let's just read the rest of the Scripture. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, drippings of the honeycomb. It actually gives us treasure. It gives us pleasure. It actually gives us, you know, the ability to be guarded. It gives us protection. In, uh, it's in verse 11, it says, Moreover, by them is your servant warned. You know, I appreciate the fact that, that people speak to my life and warn me if they see something that is wrong with me. Because when we warn others, we're protecting them from further damage. 
I warn my children when I see something, a day or a danger that is coming to them. Warning is good. It protects us. The Word of God is like that. In keeping them, there is great reward. There's also provision. And there's blessing when you keep the Word of God. In other words, God's Word is sufficient to revive the soul, make one wise. And this is a summary of the six. Give joy to the heart, enlighten the eyes, endure forever, and produce righteousness for us. Verse 14, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my God, my Redeemer. What are you meditating on every day? The psalmist, King David, was writing this and he's saying, and he's asking the Lord, may my meditation, not just in my speech, not just my action, my meditation, be pleasing in your sight. You are my rock and my Redeemer. God's word meditated is clear enough, relevant enough, and powerful enough for every aspect of life. I'd like to show you a very quick video of a testimony of a guy who struggled with an addiction and how God has transformed him. I got involved in drugs while I was in dental school thinking that I could do both. He had a graduate student by day and doing drugs and partying. Well, this whole time, my parents, they had been a Christian for several years now and just had really grown in their faith. My parents knew the only way they would be able to see me since I wanted nothing to do with them. They actually flew down to Atlanta one time and after the second day, I kicked them out. But my dad, he wanted to give me something and it was his very first Bible and he left it on my kitchen counter. But as soon as they left, I took his Bible and I threw it in the trash can. My mom prayed that God would do whatever it takes to bring this prodigal son to the Father. Well, this miracle, this answer to prayer came one day with a bang on my door. I opened up my door and on my front doorstep were 12 federal drug enforcement agents, Atlanta police, and two big German shepherd dogs. I just received a large shipment of drugs and they confiscated all my money and my drugs and I was charged with a street value equivalent of 9.1 tons of marijuana. I was walking around the cell block and I passed by this garbage can and as I looked at that garbage can, I felt like I was looking at my own life. And I was about to pass by that garbage can, but something on top of the trash caught my eye. I bent over and I picked it up and it was a Gideon's New Testament. I took that New Testament back to my cell and for the very first time, I opened up that New Testament and I read through the entire Gospel of Mark. And as I know today, what we have in our Bibles is not just ink on paper, but what we have in our Bibles is the very breath of God. And it's living and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword. And as I began to read God's Word, it began to penetrate me and it began to cut through my stubborn, hard heart. He revealed His plan for my life and He called me full-time ministry while I was in prison. So the greatest miracle of this whole story is that actually Moody accepted me. I was released from prison in July of 2001 and I started the very next month. I'm teaching now back at Moody in the Bible department. So I tell people I went from prisoner to professor. Only God can do that. Praise God. His name is Christopher Yuan and he's one of the professors of Moody Bible Institute. I'd like to end with this particular scripture. John chapter 20, it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. The reason why we're talking about the Bible is just so that you can have a moral life 
it's not just about morality. It's not about, you know, trying to have the approval of God. It's all about having a relationship with Christ. Every page of this Bible reflects who Jesus Christ is. His name is Logos. John chapter 1 talks about Him. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word is with God. He was with God in the beginning. And the Word became flesh. He made His dwelling among us. He wants to reveal Himself to you in a fresh and new way every single day. But every time you open that scripture, don't just look for a promise. Don't just look for something that you can claim. Look for the author of that book. And He wants to reveal Himself to you in a fresh, new, living way. Maybe some of you are here for the first time or maybe some of you have been coming here for quite a while, but you haven't really surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is offering His life for all of us. It's like the bios kind of life. It's the Zoe kind of life. It's the life of a lifetime. He wants to give you eternal life. If only you will be um, uh, humble enough to ask that you need it. If you are here with all heads bowed down and no eye uh, looking around, and if you want to receive that gift of eternal life, I would like for you to just lift up your hand very quickly. And I'd like to pray for you. Yes, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Yes, I see that hand. Yes, yes, I see that hand in the back. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Yes, I see that hand in the back, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Continue lifting up your hand before the Lord. Yes. His word is sufficient to give you a brand new life and a brand new start. He came to remove your guilt and to remove your sin. And as far as the sin is, uh, is uh, the east is from the west, so far will He remove your sin from you and give you a brand new life and a brand new start. Let's all pray this prayer out loud. If you're lifting up your hand, pray this prayer out loud from your heart. Let's just say, Lord Jesus, everybody pray this prayer, everybody all across the room. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I may be freed and forgiven of my sins. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and I believe that God raised him from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a new life. Thank you for for giving me my sins. And thank you for an eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.